Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum 2020 podcast series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This is episode number 17, the third episode of the autumn uh, series. And with me is uh, Bridgie DeCourcy from RTE, who's going to talk about uh, script writing for Fair City. Welcome, Bridgie. Thank you. Just to start with, uh, could you go over, like, obviously, script writing is going to be a very different process from journalism, which is what our audience is used to. How does the script writing process differ? Could you give us an overview of how that works? Sure. Um, So we have approximately 200 episodes every year of uh, 24 and a half minutes each. Um, Every episode has approximately three stories. Um, and we uh, we start with generating story ideas inside in the team. So it's very much held within the office. Um, we can't accept pitched stories from outside for um, logistical and legal reasons, um, but uh, we generate them here with us inside. And then we break them down into um, a, into stories that will actually go into each episode. So we have three episodes at the moment a week and um, we will develop each story as a, as a line, in a line. And then we break them down into a step outline where all the beats are actually intermingled across the 24 and a half minutes. Um, this is done by a, a, a team. They're all freelance writers, and, uh, and it's, but they come into us. They come into the, the office and they work together as a little team. Then it is handed to episode writers. And so the episode writers now take this step outline or scene breakdown and they work within the logistical um, constraints that have been given to them with regard to things like what sets are available, what actors are available, what times of the day are available, um, you know, all of those sorts of things. So that there, are, there are quite stringent limitations that they must write within, but they will, then will go off and write their episode for uh, approximately four weeks. And then it comes back in and it's edited they work then with the script editors. So they work with the script editors for about three to four weeks. And then it comes up to the producers and we have a look at it at that point. And uh, and then it goes from us pretty much. There might be some tweaks, there might be some amendments. And then it goes pretty much from us to production. And then it goes to the uh, director and then it goes to the actors. So basically it's approximately 24 weeks from the story being written to being recorded. And then three weeks after that, it's on screen. And so one of the joys of the work that we do is it goes, you know, it's going to be made. Come hell or high water, it's going to be made and it's going to go out. So whatever condition it's going to be in at that stage, it will go out. So of, of all the different writers, uh, writing roles that you listed that the one that a someone breaking into script writing for the first time would be looking at would be the episode writer. That's correct. Well, you know, we do have story writers as well. We definitely have people who have come from odd, odd places. We have people who've come in from, um, you know, we have a couple of journalists with us at the moment uh, who uh, have, because they tell human stories, they actually are really good at beating out what the motivations for actors or for characters are, uh, for actually taking the steps, how, how somebody gets from here to there um, across a particular story. And, you know, we have found that that journalists can be actually really good at this. I don't know if you've heard of Jan Tamaro, who um, is the showrunner for Rizzoli and Isles, and she was a journalist. She was completely a journalist. And then she realised that she wasn't enjoying quite doing what she was doing um, because it, it just it had 
it had hard parts to it and seemed to be a little bit of ambulance chasing. So she then is, is now a writer and a series developer and a showrunner. Um, so yeah, there, there are all sorts of odd ways into joining us. Dialogue writing can be quite difficult in a way because it's we all speak and therefore we think we can write dialogue, but actually the the cleverness of a really good episode and dialogue writer is how they can lift it so that it it we all think we speak better than we do perhaps, but at the same time getting the realism, getting the naturalism, and yet um, uh, having that flow is 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 can be quite tricky. How would I go about approaching RTE? Or I mean, I, I don't just sort of send in a sample script for for an episode or something, obviously. Not for an episode. That, that's I think that the sending in material that then falls into comparison with things that we have here isn't a great idea. I think your own work is really important. So any play that you've written or poetry or um, a piece of a novel or anything at all, really, um, because then what we do, we tend to uh, once or twice a year, depending again on whether we close down and how we can manage it, we usually work, uh, run some writers workshops and therefore there are, there are, there's a knack to writing this. And if somebody can crack it, it is, it's a fantastic gig, I have to tell you. But um, it, we do tend to run workshops with people who actually know how to get things over the line, both in story and in script. So if people have sent in material of their own that we, uh, we think might have some sort of, um, you know, interest for us, well, then we approach them and, and bring them on board. We have a, somebody, one of our top writers at the moment, was found when she wrote a, um, a verse play about, I think it was the ancient Greeks, and it was put on in possibly the new theatre. I can't remember. Somebody saw it and said, this woman can write. And she's absolutely one of it. I mean, her play had absolutely nothing to do with us at all, at all at all, but she's a cracker. So so um, that's how we find people. Uh, I don't suppose you know, since you mentioned it, when the next writer's workshop would be happening. Um, I would be hoping... I would be hoping that we will have set it up before the end of the year. And um, so we'll have people in place before the end of the year. We'll have talked to them and then we will be doing it really early in the new year. So if I was interested in going on one of those, do I keep an eye on the RT website or? No, I, literally, we don't actually advertise in that way. Um, and so if, if people just send, if they are interested, they should send in material into us. Um, either send it into the series consultant, who is at the moment Kieran Hayden, or else to send it to me. And then I will send it to, to, to the right people. Email it, post it to Donnybrook Dublin 4. How's the best way to reach you? Yeah, email or uh, either or. It's absolutely fine. Drop it in. Um, one of the things that we are, uh, that we do that, that really needs to be understood by writers, and this can be a tricky one, is that we're working with 31 years of history. And the 31 years of history, which is an incredibly valuable resource. Um, and that 31 years of history is is sort of owned by the audience because they watch everything. And so we, you know, we actually have a man who has watched every single episode from the beginning. He actually moved his mother's funeral so that he wouldn't miss an episode. Um, he used to watch it with her, which was very sweet. But then uh, when the lady died, she, he, he, he moved the funeral so he could um, stay, in, stay on top of it. He didn't have a video recorder at the time and I think there was no player. And he rings us pretty much once a week or maybe once every two weeks to tell us how we're getting on. And sometimes he doesn't like the stories and sometimes he does, but he remembers everything. And it's important for us that we we honour our audience and we honour the knowledge. So we can't just keep changing direction and we can't go off and our writers can't be mavericks. They can't suddenly come in thinking, 
right, I'm going to turn this person into a cockney and I'm going to do, you know, all of those sort of things. They actually have to honour the history. So if, for example, you know, we had one, somebody, one of our writers for some reason used to keep specifying somebody eating chocolate muffins, chocolate muffins, specifically chocolate muffins, until it got to being slightly obsessive. So we told a story about anaphylactic shock and various things. It was actually quite funny. But some years later, whoever it was who was having the anaphylactic shock and couldn't eat the chocolate muffins, ate some chocolate or referred to chocolate. And we had a deluge of letters that came in telling us we had got it all wrong. So there's something actually, the ownership is outside this office. The ownership is outside the writers. And sometimes writers can find it hard when they've worked on their own material so, so much and they have a very strong ownership of it to um, subject their will to the knowledge of the script editors and the knowledge of the producers. And that can be a bit, a bit of a tricky one. So if somebody is really wanting it to be their play, or wanting it to be their own story, they're not going to be a fit for something that's a continuing drama series like this. Is there the equivalent of, uh, I know an American long run series, they tend to have a series Bible that, that writers can refer to? Yeah, we used to have, we don't really. The Bible, for some bizarre reason, I have a, a, a memory. My memory is rubbish for most things, but I actually have an extraordinary memory for story and for where things go. And I've been associated with the show for quite some time. And so I tend to be the the oracle in these matters. There's one or two, if there's somebody else, there's somebody in the story office who is the story editor, who is fantastic, Sharon McGloom. And uh, she's been on the show almost as long as I have. Um, and uh, she has an extraordinary knowledge of it as well. It's a particular type of brain, but we can gear people in the right direction. The other thing we do, which is a really useful thing and a really useful resource, is to go to the actors. So if we've forgotten who Paul Brennan actually got married to all those times, we ring up Tony Tormey and say, Tony, can you ever, can you remember who you got married to all those times? Were you actually married to that one or not? Or what was the story? So yeah, going back to the actors is a good resource as well. There's an American science fiction show called Stargate that generated some spin-offs as well. And the fans used to obsessively catalogue every single episode, every character, every guest character on Wikipedia to the extent that the show writers, when they were out of ideas, would start going through Wikipedia's pages and looking for threads that they could yeah. pull together for new ideas and sort of oh we mentioned something in episode 407 let's see if we can rejig that one <laughs> it's funny it is it's funny yeah, our writers are great at doing things like though you know if you mention something um you know you say you have a brother but if you say you have only one brother that's quite different so you know there are all sorts of ways that we can find into people's history that we can actually burrow our way into into backstory um, which is quite valuable. So uh, what else would be of use to people? Okay, one of the things is that um, uh, one of the joys is the fact that this is going to be produced. It's going to have to be produced. Um, and it is, uh, and it's going to be broadcast. So again, as I say, in whatever condition it's in, so we wanted the best it can possibly be, but obviously, you know, there are deadlines. There are, and that's something I think journalists are really good at is, is deadlines. I think, you know, screenwriters and people, playwrights can all put things on the long finger. They also take lovely long edits. They, they want to sit back, you know, somebody who's written a six part and it might've taken them 18 months to write it. They can sit back and have the thoughts. They can sit back and have, you know, shoot the breeze about things and work with their editor in that way. We don't, we literally have nine o'clock on Friday. I need your episode on my desk. I will be editing that with you at four o'clock and I've got everybody's notes, you know? And so if those things don't happen, if if anything stops along the chain, 
everything gets into a knot. And and the, one of the reasons that we're really good at what we do is that we absolutely observe those deadlines, which means that if something untoward happens, and it does, life intervenes frequently, if something untoward happens, it means that we have spare capacity to actually address it. So last year we had a really dreadful, you know, it's been, times have been tough. It, the last 18 months have been incredibly hard here and incredibly hard for the team, but they work really strongly together as a team. But in the summer of last year, we had two actors die within two weeks of each other. And they were both meant to be on, on the floor. They were both meant to be with us. And so we had to rewrite. For one, it wasn't, it wasn't, he was an, an older character and we had to um, rewrite his story that was coming up. It was, I think he was in approximately eight weeks of story, though he wasn't driving it particularly. But the second actor was a much younger man and it was an absolute shock to all of us. It, it was just really, really shocking. And we had an entire autumn to rewrite. So we had something like 72 episodes, either in on the floor, literally handing out the sheets or in the process of being edited or in story that had to be rewritten completely or to, to recognize this while at the same time managing our grief, while at the same time allowing the actors to get to the funeral. You know, all of the things that had to be done that were really, really hard. But if you don't hit the deadlines and if the deadlines aren't um, you know, absolutely observed. It means that there's too much chaos behind the scenes. There's so much material. There's so many people involved. We have approximately 250 people every week involved in this, uh, in shooting our episodes between actors, extras, crew, writers. Our team of writers is about 40. So we're working with about 40 writers at any given time um, between the story office and uh, the, the, the episodes. So it's a huge engine. And everybody needs to to agree to play their part of the shunting the train. Do you know? Uh, you know the concept of a road train in Australia. These gigantic long trucks with carrying, you know, uh, uh, containers, containers, containers all the way out. And when they're coming into a town, they have to stop, start slowing down from about two and a half miles out because the momentum will just keep them going. Well, we're a little bit like that. We're a little bit like an Australian road train. Turning us around is is tough, um, which means that things like you know we're currently in a very difficult situation with the whole COVID thing is we can't respond to new regulations because we're shooting ahead of time. So if they suddenly say visors are out, well, we might go on having visors on air for the next, you know, three, five weeks, whatever. Um, so we do have people who write in saying, this is outrageous. Your mask is in the wrong place or whatever it is. We actually, or, or, or a certain shop is open. We can't actually reflect immediacy in that sort of a way because we are shooting ahead of time um there was a funny i worked on emmerdale at one stage and they their their uh, outdoor area is absolutely stunning it's they have this incredible lot that's just beautiful out in the, the dales and uh, but they have a gardener who has to go around cutting the heads off the daffodils and lopping the bits of flowers at various stages because they shoot so far ahead that you can't be having certain flowers that are out at the wrong time because everybody objects and they write in very strongly worded letters. So we're a little bit like that too. So I think that if people think that we might be able to reflect politics or we might be able to reflect what's current, what's absolutely current, we really can't for a variety of reasons again. I made a massive mistake years ago as a script editor. I was script editor here uh, a long time ago. And um, it was the time of Saipan. And I allowed one reference to, uh, to the, the football to go through. The line was, um, uh, provided Kino doesn't lose the head, we'll be grand. 
And I think it was broadcast on a Friday. And on the Tuesday, Kino lost the head. And we had to take the entire thing back out of traffic and edit it out, take it out completely, because you can't really, you, you just can't broadcast things like that. So yes, we have a little bit of a diff That was an expensive mistake on my part. And I learned a very big lesson. Uh, going back just to something you just said earlier, you've uh, in total 40 writers. What's the breakdown between... Um you know, episode writers, people who are working on the overall skeleton and so on, the different roles, how many in each category and what they are? Um, well, our episode, we've approximately, I would say, 28 to 30 episode writers and then approximately 10 to 12 who come in and out of the story office. What suits us really well, um, what suits, suits us really well if it's, is if somebody says, OK, I'm available for the next, you know, 12 weeks, and they come in and they do a blast or they do two episodes. Maybe they do a double episode. Some of our writers would do a double episode. And then they clear off and they write their novel or they, you know, make films or they, I don't do documentaries or whatever they do. And then they come back to us refreshed again. It, 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 if somebody stays doing just writing story or just writing episodes for long periods of time, they get exhausted. It is actually quite dense. It's quite a, it's quite a, a full on situation. And we need them to go off and get refreshed and then come back to us. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a cycling pool. It's not a constant pool. And uh, the final script of an episode, does that follow like the, uh, the movie standard of approximately one page per minute? Or is it more dialogue heavy, given that it's a different medium? Probably a bit more dialogue heavy. Um, the main thing about, about soap and continuing drama series is the story. And the story is relentless and the story is relentless forward motion. You don't watch an episode twice unless you've written it yourself and you're very proud of it. But you don't really watch an episode twice. You don't you don't go backwards. If you've missed a couple of episodes as a viewer, you carry on forwards. So so there is that relentless forward motion. And it means that every scene has to advance the story. We do very little sitting around thinking. There's very little gazing at the stars. There's very little, you know, inward reflection of the soul. We just keep driving it. So therefore, there is there would tend to be more dialogue and action. There has to be incident. Okay. And um, how does the uh, the story office product work? What are they What are they handing me if I'm writing an episode? Are they basically handing me three pages of Joe goes to the shop and finds out that Mary didn't go to work the day before? Or yeah, well, okay. So there are a couple of things that you you get as an episode writer. One is the we have a, an associate producer who works with um, the logistics and scheduling because there's absolutely no point in us writing something that we aren't going to be able to shoot. OK, so scheduling is very key at an early time. Um, she also would work on the limitations of sets. So at the moment, we can only have four sets in our, our C studio because of the COVID restrictions, because they all have to separate out and everything else. So we have to write for those four sets. Um, now we have two studios on the go, so we have approximately eight sets per week. But she will be working with all of those things. So she will then say to the writers, these are your sets available. This is how we can shoot them. This is how we're going to do it. This is the shape of the day. And our story associate, who is, uh, he works with very closely with the story team, uh, who is also a journalist actually uh, at the moment, um, he, is, he will write the step outline. So our story writers will have written their story, you know, Carol, Dex, Jer, and Liam sees this, or whatever it is, and the reasons why, and he will put that then into a shape of approximately 15 scenes, 15 or 16 scenes. So some beats will be joined together, some beats will then be 
separate it out, but he'll weave it together. And so basically the episode writer is given a step outline. Now they do have a commissioning meeting where they can sit and they can argue the toss and there can be a bit of horse trading about, I really would love to do that if I can give you this. And so the writers of the week will actually discuss it between themselves. And then once it's agreed at that point, they then carry on and they do it themselves. They, they write their episodes. I have to confess, I haven't watched it yet. Have you tried doing a Zoom episode yet? Um, we haven't done a Zoom. We have a number of Zoom phone calls. One of our actors is stuck in L.A. and he can't get back. So and he's a very integral part of one of the families. So basically, we've come up with the wheeze that he's broken his leg and he's in Germany. And the big E just was trying to put two legs into one trouser at the same time or whatever it was. And he's got bad pins and the pin sites are I mean, it's getting a little bit it's getting a little bit long, but uh, the pin sites are, are causing him trouble at the moment. And um. So we have a lot of Zoom calls with him and there's some fun and games about that. So basically, Victor will record it himself on his phone and send them over to us. Uh, and that's worked quite well. But uh, yeah, we haven't done a full Zoom episode, no. OK, thank you very much, actually, for joining me, Bridget. It's been really great talking to you and I hope this has been useful and that with a bit of luck, maybe you'll get one or two who, uh, pitches from people that uh, lead to some more work. You're very welcome. We'd love that. But if anybody wants to, if anybody individually wants to discuss it any further, if they want to have a chat, just give me a shout. We're always looking for new people. We really love, you know, sharing what we do with people and letting people know. And I mean, it might not be for for some people. They might really think, you know, how awful that is. And, you know, it's, it's really not their thing at all. But it might be just for somebody else. And we would love to hear from them. And of course, um it, it's it's not RT, but uh, there are other shows as well that people presumably could uh, apply the same kind of skills to, like uh, Ross Naroon on TG Cahar and so forth. So there are lots of opportunities. Absolutely. There are lots of opportunities. The other thing that I would say to you is, um, and I, I, you may well have covered this somewhere else, is the documentaries on RTE1, on Radio 1, are brilliant. And they are always looking for documentaries. Always, always looking for documentaries. And I would recommend anybody apply to that if you have a good idea just go for it because they also give support they give support in making it so it's not you're not just left on your own and um, the other person to talk to would be um uh, kevin reynolds in in radio drama uh, another person to talk to would be david cream who's executive uh, development director um, in television so i would yeah i would apply to all of them i would talk to them all see what's what's going down the line great all right, uh, Bridget Corsi, thanks for joining me. Uh, this has been the uh, Freelance Forum, and I uh, hope, hope you found it useful as well if you're listening. Thank you very much. Okay, George. Thanks a lot. Take care. <laughs>